This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Peldino Joey, or Joey Awajan? Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. Thank you again, once again, for joining me today. Thank you very much. Uh, well, I guess there was trades and rumors of trades when it came to the NHL deadline, but with Minnesota, it ends up being rumors of trades. But at the end of the day, not a bad week. Minnesota goes 2-1. and one. So as they say in Canada, not bad, eh? Or two out of three ain't bad, that type of thing. We we meet loaf the last week, two out of three ain't bad, this type of thing. The St. Louis game kind of put in perspective of where the Wild are versus like the best teams in the NHL. It's just a harsh reality thing. It just is what it is. But Edmonton, whenever they're kind of semi-good, the Wild always play well against them. And whenever they stink, they come in and beat the Wild and screw up our, you know, nice run we've been on. Like say, imagine the Wild are really good years ago. We're on a nice run. Edmonton's crappy, and they just kind of roll in and ruin a, <laughs> ruin the run we were on, like a, like a nice long win streak, and it kind of sets us into a negative pattern, that type of thing. But I don't know. No Connor McDavid helps as well. Uh, I gotta tell you, the goaltending in this game not so good. This was on Friday the twenty first. Minnesota defeats the Edmonton Oilers five to three. Not good goaltending on both sides. Alex Stalock was a bit shaky in net, that's for sure. Until Jared Spurgeon flat out took over, literally. Edmonton was up three to two. Ryan Nugent Hopkins opened things right out of the gate. I was like, oh, here we go. He won. He won up with two goals in the game. Kevin Fiala, whenever he scores a goal, this one and also the Columbus game, man, that guy. You know, he's got a really nice backhand now. He's got the uh, patience on his shot and just a spectacular release. Brian Suter hooked him up in this one. Uh, absolutely good play. Just a cross-ice type of a pass. Hit him in the right spot. Ended up finishing for his 16th goal of the year. Kevin Fiala still knocking on the door because Eric Stahl finally <laughs> scored. <laughs> Kevin Fiala knocking on the door, becoming the leading scorer on the team. But Ryan Suter's actually tied with him at 42 points on the year. Eric Stahl at 44. Because finally, Eric Stahl lit the lamp a bit this week. Good for him. 18 goals on the season, but Fiala... Man, every time he scores, you just you just feel good on the inside, don't you, as a Minnesota Wild fan? Like, finally, there's a legitimate goal scorer on the roster. At least it appears to be. A guy who's got a, some serious potential, and he's also a hell of a passer, too, isn't he? Uh, Carson Soucy would play one of his last games for a long time, unfortunately. He would score his seventh goal of the year, and again, that'll be his last goal for a while. <laughs> as we'll finally try to say it right, Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk. Alex Galchenyuk. So those of you who might have been annoyed how I kept pronouncing it differently, this and that, out there. Um, yeah, it, sometimes it's just kind of in the heat of the moment. It's like, I know how to say it, sort of, right? It's like, I knew how to say it, and then it would come out wrong. And because maybe I'm talking too fast or thinking about something else, so I apologize for that right away. Galchenyuk. So if I can just chill out and say it correctly and be done, 
forever and get it. <laughs> it's Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, had a couple of assists in the game. Good for him. Really be back with Minnesota. Doubtful, but at least he's putting some points on the board. That's nice for, with the assist category anyway. Got the nice shootout goal last week and, of course, the game-tying goal along the way. That was actually really damn exciting for Minnesota, that's for sure. But a very fun game. Nice to see Jared Spurgeon. Remember every single time we played Edmonton? Oh, Jared Spurgeon's the most likely guy to score. He's he's from Edmonton. He's going to have something special happen. And then I don't pick him to score. At least I don't think I did, if I remember correctly. And what happens? He, he gets a hat trick. It's just, okay. Yeah, Jared Spurgeon gets a hat trick. A natural hat trick. Natural hat trick. No interruptions. Nobody scored in between. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it was a natural hat trick. He just literally took over the game in a lot of ways. And poor goaltending by Koskinen. Let's just say it like it is. I mean, some of those were just like thrown on net. You know, backhands that were thrown on net. And, well, Koskinen did not make the save. Um, Well, sucks to be him, that type of thing. Victor Rask with a rare point. Good for him. Finally back in the lineup again, but it is what it is. Guys get hurt or you want to change things up in this case, which had a lot of people frustrated. No Donato, because the injuries had not taken over yet. Ryan Donato and Brad Hunt scratched in favor of Victor Ask and Greg Pattern. <laughs> yeah, that's that's nice. Um, you can sense the excitement from my, my voice with that group, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, you're heading towards the trade deadline. You're all excited. Who's going to get traded is... <laughs> Is Eric Stahl going to get traded? No. Koivu, of course, will not waive his no-trade clause, which most likely means he's about to retire. Most likely. Because that would be mean if he were to come back when we could have... Uh, or if, if he were to try to come back in the NHL with a different team and, uh, yeah, not allow the Wild to get some type of compensation for him. That would be quite a bummer. But it is what it is. It would be a crappy thing to do that. But uh, because if you want to go somewhere else, then there, there's your chance. There it is. And it can benefit the Wild, the team that's... Kept you going forever, but it looks like Miko Cueva will only wear the Christmas colors, as they call it, through his career, and that's good for him, and I, very unlikely he's coming back, of course. He's been playing on the fourth line for about a month now, and we don't see him coming off of that anytime soon. It is what it is. Uh, God bless Miko Cueva. He will be with the Wild at least the remainder of the season. Uh, the trades and rumors of trades, we'll get to that in a second. We're basically already kind of there. I mean, remember how there was the rumor about Zach Creasy getting traded? It turns out it was going to be the New York Islanders back in the summer and the Paul Fenton era, and it would have been a weird trade, and oh boy, that would have been a nasty trade, but what if it actually happened? You'd at least get his contract out of here, maybe, unless recapture kind of came back on us, but it sounds like the odds of the Wild getting absolutely nailed, like the, the DEFCON 1 scenario with the, the whole recapture, is pretty damn unlikely. But wouldn't it be the most Minnesota thing ever if the Wild got stuck in something like that? Now, the whole $40 million part of the recapture is Studer and Parisi. Like if it, that's the combination of the two guys. So it wouldn't be just one guy costing you $40 million against the cap in like the worst absolute, absolute bleep and worst case scenario, which would be complete bullcrap. I would hope there's little to no chance of that happening. I would absolutely hope, and uh, I don't think it will. But uh, Jared Spurgeon, a nice hat trick. Good for him. <laughs> Very cool. First of his career. It felt like he had one before, but he's not necessarily a natural goal-scoring defenseman. He's just kind of, he kind of does a little bit of everything. Uh, he does put the puck on net. He's capable of scoring big goals in big moments, this and that. He's, he's had like a 14-goal type of season. He's pretty good in that sense, but generally speaking, he's a good, solid, intelligent defender. He's kind of like what Brad Bombardier brought in the past, where he was a really high IQ, high IQ, as I talk slower, defenseman. 
And, you know, and that has a little bit of a scoring touch. That's basically what Jared Spurgeon is in a lot of ways, which is an awesome thing because I loved Brad Bombardier and the high IQ uh, game he brought to the Minnesota Wild in the past. So, very nice. Jonas Brodeen, Matt Dumba not traded. Jonas Brodeen and Matt Dumba not traded. So, that's a good thing. Uh, Luke Cunning injured, of course, unfortunately here. He's going to miss about two weeks, five minutes in this one. Carson Soucy, yep, only 11 minutes in the game. Of course, he's also got an upper body injury type of situation. It sounds to me, from when they're staying like a month and it's an upper body injury, it's maybe a broken wrist, maybe a broken finger. Hopefully not a thumb, because we all know how crucial that can be. A thumbs can just bleep you up in a big way. But that, I'm guessing it's something on his hand, like a broken wrist, obviously, or uh, a broken finger. That's maybe what we could be looking at there when it comes to Carson Soucy. Cunning, who knows, a couple of weeks, maybe a sprain of some sorts, or banged up, I don't know. But uh, it's unfortunate, but you get to call up uh, Jerry Mayhew and Louis Belpedio. Next thing you know, Louis Belpedio is right back down in Iowa, so I I guess, whatever, <laughs> whatever, right? <laughs> Scoring a point down there in Iowa. But Jerry Mayhew's up with Minnesota, so that's good. That type of thing, nice to have Jerry on the roster. He gets scratched against St. Louis, that's great. You call up Jerry Mayhew, here we go, and he gets scratched. And of course, Belpedio gets scratched. Isn't that exciting? It's just, uh, like, whatever. But uh, at least the Wild beat the Edmonton Oilers. That was good. You play the St. Louis Blues. Maybe we could use a little Jerry Mayhew scoring touch. Gerald Gerald Mayhew, Jerry Mayhew. I guess it's Jerry. It's Jerry time, baby. 4-1 to one loss, which is a reminder of what the uh, season series or the playoff series was against Mike Yo's St. Louis Blues a couple years back. After the Wild's best season, you know, point, 106 points. We just dominated. It was a lot of fun. Four to one loss, yeah. Well, Biddington's definitely back on his game again after kind of a slow start to the season. Back on his game, and it felt good. But St. Louis Blues look like the St. Louis Blues, boy. They look like a team that's right back in contention to to, to win it all again, uh, or like all those other seasons where they were really good and would lose early in the first round or would just ultimately not get to the Stanley Cup final and end in disappointment again. Basically, for the longest time, the St. Louis Blues were the uh, Western Conference slash Campbell Conference's uh, Minnesota Vikings. You'd have this good season, and it's just, you know, you never get back to the to the final. You know, you never get back to the big game, the Super Bowl or Stanley Cup final in the hockey sense. That type of thing. Because Vikings haven't been to the Super Bowl in 43 years. So, very frustrating. This game, I don't really have a whole lot to say. It was not very fun to watch. St. Louis was clearly better. You didn't get to see the guys you wanted to see, which was extremely annoying. You didn't get to see Jerry Mayhew or Bill Pedio. Very frustrating there. <sighs> Just very frustrating. Uh, and then, of course, uh, no uh, Susie either. Very disappointing there. You get to see Hunt and Pattern. That's good. You never get to see Bill Pedio. I, I have no problem with seeing Hunt out there. Pattern, 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 whatever you want to call him. He had some shots on goal. I don't like Greg Pattern. I just don't really like, you know, he's probably the greatest guy ever. Maybe as a person, I, I'm totally cool with him there. But as a player, there's just nothing, nothing there, man. So he would get a rare point most recently here uh, against Columbus. Zach Parisi. Boy, the rumors would float. The rumors are floating. It's like, oh my God, Monday, here comes Monday. And the Wild are on the verge of trading Zach Parisi for Andrew Ladd. Wow. Andrew Ladd, New York Islanders. Zach Parisi has waived his no-trade clause. Andrew Ladd has waived his no-trade clause. And Zach Parisi's on his way to the New York Islanders. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm scared to death of this cap recapture thing, but it sounds like the odds of that really happening are not too great. That if there was a hit, it wouldn't be that bad. It wouldn't be like the end of the world. DEFCON 1, 
it wouldn't be you know 20 million against the cap or something like that it might be up to four four or three and a half type of situation regardless it sucks either way but that's what we get for signing that massive contract uh but uh Jack Breezy's on his way out and well I mean it opens opportunities for other players and here we go and <laughs> wow this is kind of kind of crazy kind of kind of cool kind of sad at the same time because it's like you know it's over it's all over you know that beautiful July 4th years ago where I was doing the podcast <laughs> yes I was I wasn't doing it that day but I was doing Brave the Wild back then Brave the Wild's old enough to go back to that day the fireworks on July 4th what an awesome celebration it was as a Wild fan and it's all over no Stanley Cup no Stanley Cup final no Western Conference Championship round none of that and he's he's gone it's all over and it's kind of sad you know all the dream is officially over which it kind of is anyway unless he's like a third or fourth line player on a really good version of the wild um which is kind of where he's headed anyway uh but it's all gonna end it was all gonna end but at least the contract would be somewhere else as long as nothing stupid happens and there you go and then you kept waiting okay when's it gonna be official oh we're just waiting for it to be official we're just waiting for it to be official and like a classic trade deadline type of thing, it never happened. It, it never happened. And of course, Lou Amarillo basically was like, no, you know, there's no truth to anything, blah, 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 because he's going to shoot down everything. And Bill Guerin basically went the 100% opposite direction. Transparent as possible. Basically like, oh yeah, of course. Of course there was trade talk. You know, it didn't happen. We're happy to have Zach on the roster. And, you know, if something comes up again, we'll look into it. This type of thing. We could, well, you know, had... Who knows? I'm guessing Lou Amarillo's not too excited about getting back into that conversation again with uh, the way he is. It sounds like Minnesota ends up beating Columbus 5-4 to four in a game. They were leading 4-1. to one. And, man, it was a back-and-forth situation. But the Wild pretty much dominated Columbus until things got kind of ha- uh, got kind of hazy in that third period for a little while. They scared us a teeny bit, but the Wild did maintain their lead, believe it or not, down the stretch. Cueva would get two goals, both off the rebound, just kind of getting the rebound and swinging them in there on the wrist shots there. Very nice feeling. Ryan Hartman, of course, again, fourth-line players. But it's a pretty good fourth line. I mean, Cueva, Hartman, and Donato, that's a good group. That's a good group of players. So it's like, you know, go ahead and say, oh, he's on the fourth line. But they're all good. They're all good. Unfortunately, their points are on single digits when it comes to, like, third and fourth goal of the year for Cueva. Uh, we're talking back in November for his second goal of the season, which is sad. Ryan Hartman's 8th and ninth assist, Donato's 8th assist, so you're seeing a lot of single digits there, which again, that's the crappy part, uh, but Donato would get his 12th goal of the year off the rebound, did not give up on a play, awesome play by Ryan Donato there, gotta love what he was able to do, pattern, get his first point of the season on this one, second assist, ultimately probably just swinging the puck over to Suter after Suter had the puck on net, and then Donato would get the rebound, great play by Donato, ultimately, again, not giving up on the play, uh, Nick Foligno with multiple black eyes. I, boy, he must have really gotten a hell of a fight a couple days ago or something. Multiple black eyes. Wow. You don't see that very often. It was kind of classic looking. Uh, Eric Stahl <clears throat> also not giving up on a play, finishing for his 18th goal of the year. A bit of a wraparound play that bounced upward and into the net. Fiala would end up getting the 25th assist of the season on that one. Good for him. Oh, Fiala, man, I mean, you just love him. Beautiful play, again, on Eric Stahl's pass. The hesitation, and the timing on Eric Stahl as well. The slight hesitation, the patience, and then Fiala. Just the hesitation, and then the release on that wrister for his 17th goal of the season. Again, like I keep saying, every goal Kevin Fiala scores, you just feel damn good. 
you just feel absolutely damn good. Uh, Columbus made things super interesting with some weird bounces, or as Devin Dubnik might say, it's it was a, it was a shitty bounce. It's what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't resist uh, cutting that one <laughs> out of uh, what was <laughs> out of straight from the source podcast. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> apologize. Hopefully, Michael Russo doesn't mind that. That was yeah, Devin Dubnik. <laughs> It was a yeah, it was a shitty bounce. All right, I mean a couple of them here, a couple of crappy bounces. I they were bad. They were weird. Were they were were they bad goals? Kind of. Was it a crappy bounce? Yes. Whatever. And then Zacharinsky's showing that skill, the puck handling, and just attacking, stepping up, and scoring his 19th goal of the season kept Columbus in it, making it five to four. Again, after Clavu's multiple goals there. Which are about seven, eight minutes apart. Great plays there. Good, good for him. Very feel-good moment for Miko Koivu there. Again, right after he uh, decided not to waive his no-trade clause, his no-move clause, and he will be with the Wild the rest of the season. Zach Orinsky, again, uh, nice play for his 19th goal. Columbus would have some opportunities, but Stalock would luckily hold on and lead the Wild to victory. Nice, solid game for the Wild, putting several pucks on net at the end of the day, 40 overall. Again, lots of shots, lots of back and forth in this game. Columbus has given the Wild trouble forever, but this was a nice, solid win for the Wild. Keeps us kind of in playoff contention. Why not? Uh, Vegas Golden Knights, boy, are they on a run, and they traded for a backup goalie who's basically like a starter as well, uh, obviously from Chicago. Gotta love what they did there. Uh, outstanding. Uh, look, Vegas is on a seven-game win streak. They're just beating everybody right now. It's Finally, somebody's pulling away in that Pacific Division. I should maybe have brought that up at segment number two. But just something I saw there. <sighs> Kivalinix, obviously, you know, face 40 shots in the game. You could only do so much. But the Wild end up winning it, thankfully. Empty net situation. And nobody was able to score in the empty net where Spurgeon did get his hat trick on the empty net. But still a natural hat trick for Spurgeon against Edmonton several days earlier, but this was a nice, solid win for the Wild, and alright, you know, a nice, a feel-good moment for all these guys that will be on the roster the rest of the season. Hopefully, Jerry Mayhew finds his way on the roster the rest of the season somehow, some way. But, again, that could derail Iowa's opportunity to go win their cup in the AHL. But at the end of the day, eventually you gotta make that career move. And But I'd hate to see Jerry Mayhew just scratched every night, scratched, scratched, scratched. You're not gonna see a 39-goal pace from Jerry Mayhew in the NHL, but you might see a 15-20 to 20 goal pace for a bottom six guy, that's pretty damn good. So, nothing to complain about there. Mike Madonna award winner for this week. It's got to go to Spurgeon. It has to go to Spurgeon for the hat trick. And it's not like he played poorly in any of these games. Uh, Dumba had a weird block attempt in one of the <laughs> in one of the goals against Columbus. Not sure what was going on there. I don't know. I mean, is there really a, is there really a James Shubra memorial in this game or in this week? This generally speaking. Could it be just the fact that the trade didn't happen? I don't know. Nah, I'm not even that mad about it. If you can get something better, because there just there just wasn't a match at the end of the day. That's why the trade never happened. I think Lou Amarillo just wasn't willing to give up anything other than Andrew Ladd. And I think uh, Garen was looking for something. I mean, something, like a third-round pick or something. Who knows? Maybe even a first-rounder, because Andrew Ladd's not even going to play. He's just coming for, you know, to kind of even things up a little bit with uh, the money. Um that would have been a it would have been a weird trade, but it is what it is. You're freeing up space, and it would have felt good in that sense. Uh, I don't really have a James Shepard memorial other than I don't think the goaltending was good this past week. 
I, I, I don't. I'm not really pleased with some of the goals given up, generally speaking. So it could kind of go to the goaltenders, I'd say. Not that the defense in front of them was was all that spectacular either throughout the course of, of the week. But uh, the, the goaltending and the weird bounces were kind of strange and frustrating, I'd have to say. So with that, we'll take a quick break. A shorter first segment because we got a lot coming up here in the second segment. Lots of questions and lots of conversation with the prospects. And, of course, four games to preview. With that said, we will get to that right now. back here on Brave the Wild. Big old segment number two, as I guess we'll keep it to two segments. Pretty soon I might have a third segment for fan interaction in general because it's like it's not a bad idea. I do that with the other two shows already anyway. And it's not like Timberwolves Explosion's exploding with comments all the time, but sometimes it is. Sometimes there's a lot on there. So it's like it's always good to have a third segment, even if it's short. I'm leaning towards heading that direction very soon with this show. Just kind of used to the format that I've been doing for so long. Well, we got four games to preview, so I better get the heck moving. Minnesota Wild will be playing the Detroit Red Wings or Dead Things or whatever you want to call them tonight, Thursday night. All right, at Detroit. Oh, goody. That'll be an interesting matchup, of course. Detroit's last place in pretty much everything. Uh, last in goals, last in goals against. Power play's 30th, so second last. Second last in the penalty kill. Wild at least aren't 30th in the power play anymore, so our power, power penalty kill part of me anymore. It's getting a little better. We're 27th now. We're, we're 27th. Jonathan Bernier and Jimmy Howard both struggling with the team in front of them. That's just got nothing going on. Jonathan Bernier, one shutout on the season, or shutout, whatever you want to call it. Some talented scorers on this team, but the defense just isn't there. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll see if Jared Gallant, Gerald Gallant takes over this team and things head in a different direction. But there's definitely talent on this roster. They can certainly score. It's just a couple guys on the top, and then after that, it's like a whole lot of nothing. You know, I mean, you got Dylan Larkin, who's easily the best player on the team. Tyler Bertuzzi's good, but I don't know. Everybody on this team is a minus something. And I mean, big-time minuses. I mean, you look at the minuses on this roster, and it's like, crap. And it's like, it's really sad, actually. It's really sad. Dylan Larkin is, again, the best player. is a minus 22. Anthony Mantha has got the best plus-minus on the team, at least of significant players up there. He's only played in 37 games and has 31 points on the season, so he's obviously very productive. He's a minus 11. Uh, Andreas... Athanasio has uh, a minus 45. I'm mispronouncing it. Valtteri Filippula, I'm not mispronouncing that one, is a minus 41 on the season. Valtteri Filippula, yep. Galanchuk. Galanchuk. <laughs> See, I screwed that up again. Galanchuk. See? I'm <laughs> probably never going to get that right, am I? Galanchuk. 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 <laughs> I just like to play around with that now at this point. And you get was it Declan on the uh, on the on the on the the hockey show on Score North? He intentionally mispronounces names. He he does it on purpose, other than saying Mikhail Gronlin, which actually is correct. Mikhail Gronlin is correct. They were, it's just they just gave in. He just said whatever. Just go ahead and call me Gronlin. It's okay. We get Mikhail Gronlin is the correct pronunciation. But yeah, that's been around for a while. I mean, I still remember when. Uh, yeah, so I remember when that was brought up years ago in the postseason. It's like, actually, that is how you pronounce it. So, yeah, we'll keep moving. I don't know why I'm even getting into it. Tyler Bertuzzi, obviously talented guy, but, you know, some of his, 
I don't know, Hockey IQ isn't 100% where it needs to be. It's a very winnable game. Bottom line, the Wild need to win the game. The Wild will win the game. This type of thing. It's like, are we thinking draft pick? Are we thinking this? Are we thinking that? Obviously, you trade Parisi away. The focus is not on 100%. Okay, we're going to make the playoffs. You can, you still can. Maybe a young guy steps up. Maybe, again, you open things up for Mayhew, this and that. Again, opposite side, but obviously because Parisi's left, Mayhew's right. Thank God Mayhew's a right shot because obviously on the right side, we're very uh, scarce for the forwards and very busy for the for the defensemen and opposite on the defensive side. Very busy on the left and very uh, it's, uh, getting more and more scarce on the left side uh, for defense, uh, uh, you know, at the end of the day. But, um, you know, yeah, second segment, I tend to get much more wordy than the first, it seems like, unless I have a ton to say about the games, which I didn't as much this week. It's just because I figure I'll do a lot more talking here. Uh, Minnesota Wild need to win this game, bottom line. I think the Wild get it done, 4-2, to two, something like that. I mean, it's just, you know, I know it sounds like a stock kind of a score. It is what it is. I mean, oh my God, I, I can't believe Detroit is this bad. I can't believe it. They are 20 points behind the Ottawa Senators. They're 20 points behind the Ottawa Senators. Wow, wow. Lafreniere, anyone? Lafreniere? Lafreniere? Yeah, that would be the possible number one pick. Yeah, I think they could use his help. I wish the Wilds could get him. Let's win the lottery. You know, maybe we're projected to get 10th and we win the lottery. Or, you know, maybe we do what the Blackhawks did last year, go way up in the top three. Wouldn't that be nice? Come on, let's get some luck around here, please. I mean, can we move up for real rather than move down a spot? Because some freaking team like Chicago, of all teams, leapfrogs us and we get to move back a spot, which is so exciting. It's just, ugh. But uh, Lafreniere? Yeah, oh my. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be Lafreniering in Detroit if they're fortunate enough to get that pick, but they probably won't. They probably won't. It seems like the worst team never gets it anymore, which is the way it is. It just is what it is. Minnesota wins 4-2. to two. Most likely got a score in the game. Uh, Jared Spurgeon. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. He might as well be right at this point. But maybe he scored his three goals for the next month. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Fiala, man. Fiala's just going to keep scoring. I think he's going to finish the season close to 30. I do. I think Kevin Fiala finishes the season close to 30. Even though he's only at 17 right now, I can feel a vibe. 28, 25, 28 goals this year for Fiala. And if he gets to 30, whoo, wouldn't that be cool? I will go with Kevin Fiala with this one. Let's keep moving if humanly possible. I'm losing my track here. Of course, Columbus now. Oh, boy. Oof. Of course, Minnesota won easily last time we played Detroit. Now, of course, we know what happened with Columbus. We just talked about that, like, moments ago. So, yeah, it kind of is what it is. Columbus Blue Jackets, obviously a talented team. We all know what they can do at the end of the day. They're definitely good in uh, certain statistics. They're really good in goals against. So the Wild managed five goals last time around. And, uh, you know, they're good about uh, staying out of the box, blah, blah, blah. Good penalty kill. You're more of a defensive-minded team that can score, obviously. Uh, very good goaltending by Mr. Elvis as well. He, uh, he gave up a lot of goals last time around. Five shutouts on the season. I think Columbus wins this game. Uh, Columbus is going to come out with a better performance. It's going to be lower scoring, like 3-2, to two, something like that. 3-1, to 3-2. to two. Columbus wins the game. Zach Parisi will get one of those uh, juicy goals. He'll score his first goal since, you know, staying with the Wilds as the trade didn't happen, blah, blah, blah. And he's totally fine with it, too. But he was willing, like, hey, that'd been kind of cool go back with the general manager that drafted me with the New Jersey Devils. Maybe we go to the Stanley Cup final with New York Islanders. Maybe. I mean, Barry Trotz has a Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals, and they're not that far out of anything right now. Washington, or excuse me, New York is very much 
a Stanley Cup contender. They absolutely are. Uh, their goaltending has been awesome. Uh, they have some valuable players, and maybe add Parisi to a third line there, and who knows? Maybe you go all the way, but unfortunately for Zach and the Islanders, that did not happen. Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, has 46 points on the season. He ended up scoring one of the goals. Zach Wierenski is one of the best players on that roster. He's awesome. Uh, wow, 19 goals in the season. And he, The way he stepped up and skated around people and stick-handled and all that, great play. His 19th goal against Minnesota. He's a plus 12 on the season. I think he's the best player on the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, Zach Wierenski. He's really developed one of the better defensemen in the league uh, the last year and a half here. He's been really something. Uh, Gustav Nyquist got out of Detroit. He's having another solid season. Well, he doesn't hit anybody in the face with his stick or anything. Accidentally, kind of, uh, that type of thing. Uh, man, there's like a million Savards in the NHL. He's got nine points for the <laughs> nine assists for the uh, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, going back to Dennis Savard years ago. There are a million of them. But, uh, no, it's a talented group of players. They're well coached. Cam Atkinson's up and down with the injuries, this and that. I talk about that almost every every time we play them. Seth Jones has his value. Bjork Strand. Uh, you know, it's a damn good team. They're trying very hard to compete, this and that. And I think they end up winning the game. Parisi will score his 22nd goal of the season for the Minnesota Wilds. They continue to lead the Wild in goals, but that's about it. Only 22 goals in the year. Not that that's bad. I mean, we'll take it. It's just that... I don't know. He's definitely dropped off a bit, and you could see him as a basically a third liner who can score for the Minnesota Wild. That's basically what he's become, even though he's you know top line with us. But I mean, he's but I think he's headed quickly to the bottom six in the next year and a half here for the Minnesota Wild. As I keep saying, year and a half, but well, you get the idea. Ooh, the Washington Capitals. Oh boy, I don't like the, <laughs> the history with this team. I remember the North Stars used to always beat the Capitals. Like, they always did back in the old days. But, of course, they didn't have Alex Ovechkin back then. And they didn't have, uh, you know, Braden Holby, guys like that. Uh, wow, this is the first time we play these guys all season. I was thinking, yeah, we didn't play them yet, did we? And we didn't. I like the old school logo. It's still, their original uniforms are much better, though. God, I miss those from at least the 90s and early, or, you know, the early 90s and, and, and throughout the 80s. I love those uniforms. Like when... Don Beaupre was there, of course, the former North Star goalie and such, this and that. Don Beaupre, yeah, a lot of love him. Of course, we had that uh, miracle goalie this past week. Give up two goals and two shots, and then he was good the rest of the way. Carolina still wins the game in Toronto, and it's funny because that guy's from Toronto. He's the emergency goalie for that game, if anything happens, and he beats his team. <laughs> he beats his team. It's funny because if he's, yeah, if he's, if he works, if he's the Zamboni driver for the Toronto Marlies, yeah, he's, not with Columbus, he's with Toronto. So, yeah, that's the AAA team or AHL team. Two clubs haven't played yet, though. March the 1st. We're heading into March already. I can't believe it, but we are. <clears throat> March the 1st. Minnesota will host the Washington Capitals. And then April the 2nd, Chloe Day, we'll call it. <laughs> Chloe Cat Day, basically. <clears throat> we will head to Washington, which I don't know how that's going to go. But this matchup has historically been pretty bad for the Wild, obviously. Uh, Ellis Ovechkin always seems to find the back of the net. Not that he doesn't with other teams, but he, you know, every time we play him, it's always a multi-goal game. And I remember he was on quite a quiet stretch for a long time. He was on a drought. And then it's hat trick. And I was like, wow, Ovechkin has really been quiet this year. Wow. And then it was a hat trick a couple of years ago. But no, talented players everywhere. Dmitry Orlov, John Carlson's actually leading the club in scoring. Jacob Vrana, who's really emerged this year, a young guy. 25 goals in the season, tied with T.J. Oshie uh, for second on the team overall. 
talented team. They're winning their division. Metropolitan. They'll beat the Minnesota Wild. They're just, you know, unbelievable. They're third in the league at goals. They're 14th in goals against penalty kills. Fourth in the league. But they get a ton of penalty minutes. So hopefully you can frustrate the Capitals and the Wild can capitalize on some power plays. Forget the, forgive the pun there. Alex Ovechkin, Alexi Alex Ovechkin, with 43 goals on the season, only 17 assists. So he's like a super Parisi, basically, right now for the Washington Capitals. He's been known to get more assists than 17. So just basically just kind of rifling towards the net this year. And that's kind of been the approach, at least for him, this season. And, well, it's winning their division right now. They're, they have a four-point lead over their arch nemesis, is the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are knocking on that door. They're knocking on that door. Penguins have owned the Capitals forever. And when the Capitals finally beat them in the playoff series two years ago, we know what happened. It was time for Washington to win their first Stanley Cup, and they did. They're the Vikings, so to speak, of the uh, Eastern Conference. But now both of the Vikings clubs of each conference have Stanley Cups. So, Minnesota Vikings, let's go. It's it's your turn. Uh, St. Louis, all the heartbreak, all those damn good regular seasons that wound up with nothing in the playoffs or maybe a playoff run that ended in sadness, no Stanley Cup final appearance, so to speak, or Super Bowl appearance for the Vikings. And then they finally get there and they win. So hopefully the Vikings can do that because both teams did it. <laughs> Capitals did it. St. Louis Blues did it. Okay, Vikings, let's go Minnesota. Let's go Minnesota. It's, it's your turn. Kansas City Chiefs, how many times did they have an awesome regular season and get absolutely nothing? So, <laughs> And they finally go all the way and win the, win the Super Bowl. So, yeah. Okay, how did I get into that? It's the Capitals and winning the Cup two years ago. But Capitals win the game 4-1, to 4-2, 4-3, to 4-3, 5-3. It's going to be high scoring. 5-4. to 5-4. Four. to four. Maybe it's a shootout. Avechian gets two goals in the game, if not a freaking hat-trick. Let's say two goals. I don't want to pick someone to get a hat-trick against us because, I don't know, then watch it happen. Uh, <laughs> but I think Avechian's going to have two goals in the game. He just always dominates the Wild. Uh, most likely got to score for the Minnesota Wild. I'm going to go with Fiala again. I'm going to go with our top guy. I think he's going to get multiple goals. I think Fiala gets two goals in the game, and he's going to at least have 19 if he didn't score in the previous game there against uh, previous couple games against Detroit or Columbus. So at least 19 goals in the season after this game for Kevin Fiala. Maybe it's 19 one way or another. He scores his 19th goal, and that's it. But the Capitals end up winning the game. Maybe the Wild squeeze out a point, but I doubt it. I think Capitals win in regulation most likely and move on <clears throat> and continue to uh, win their division. Nashville Predators have been a frustration forever as we gradually, gradually move into this one. Now, the Washington game was uh, it's a Sunday evening game on national broadcast. <laughs> yep, NBC Sports there. Got it like that. 7 p.m. game. Ho- ho- hockey night tonight, basically, on Sunday night. Sunday night hockey. Got to love that. Tuesday, March the 3rd, the Minnesota Wild. As I attempt to load this, we'll host the Nashville Predators. At the end of the day, they're kind of middle of the road this season. 15th in goals, 18th in goals against. Their penalty kill not good. So there's an opportunity there. The power play is not good. Their special teams have not been good. Uh, Pierre Laviolette is long gone now. Maybe he's the next wild coach. Roman Yossi is their leading scorer. He's a defenseman who's just gotten better and 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 better. 43 assists on the season. 57 points. This is what we saw Matt Dumba doing, didn't we? What a damn bummer, isn't it? All because of that stupid pectoral injury that uh, has a range of motion, whatever it is. It's like a whole wasted season for him so far. Ryan Johansson, oh, son of a biscuit. Man, that frustrating shootout, couple couple shootouts against Minnesota were just 
Ooh, last year I hated Nashville after that. I came out hating Nashville after that series, and they've owned the Wild ever since. 5-2 to two way back on October the 3rd, way the heck back, season opener. And then a 4 nothing demolition. They shut out the Wild and Nashville. Both games were actually in Nashville. We still got three games remaining against this hated rival. We host them twice, so Nashville's ultimately going to have the three home games this year, so obviously it'll uh, switch that up next season. Minnesota's not going to win the season series at the end of the day. I think the Wild win this game, though. I, I expect some kind of a, like an exciting victory. I think the Wild go 2-2 two and two this week. I think Minnesota actually ends up winning this game. Obviously a frustrating, frustrating team. I mean, you hate them with the passion, but we always play well here, and we usually lose there. Uh, so, and of course, both games were on the road at the beginning of the year because every game was on the road at the beginning of the year. Nashville, of course, again, oozing with potential, this and that. Pekka Rene's got a number of shutouts on the season. What is it, three? So he's been solid. Not not spectacular. Yaros has had, Saros has had some moments. Neither goalie's that good, though, giving up about three goals a game. They're kind of like us right now in a lot of ways. But neither one is as goals against average as high as Dubnik. <laughs> Dubnik has had such a rotten start to the season. That's what messed it all up. Nick Bonino. I mean, talented players everywhere. There's a guy named Mikhail Granlund on the roster. Okay, Mikhail Gronlund. Mikhail Gronlund in 56 games is 27 points. He's a plus one. 15 goals in the season for Mikhail Gronlund. He has more goals than assists. Assists. Maybe that's why Mikhail Gronlund has not been as nearly as successful in Nashville as he was in Minnesota. And Kevin Fiala's got 42 points. I mean, all i got to say is 42 to 27. And even though Gronlund is scoring goals this year, he's... <laughs> He's still behind Kevin Fiala, thankfully, after the slow start. Fiala's setting up a lot of players along the way. Again, also setting up some juicy rebounds, but his passing skills are nothing to be <laughs> nothing to be ignored when you talk about uh, Kevin Fiala. Medius Ekholm, he's a guy also who's a slow starter, but when he gets going, he is an, uh, he is awesome. He's another awesome defenseman for the uh, <clears throat> National Predators. They have been strong in defense forever, haven't they? They've had strong defensemen forever. Their goaltending is always up and down. Like, Pekka Rene is either elite or lousy. He, he, You know, he's either very beatable, he'll give up four goals, or he's elite. Like, he'll just shut you out. And when he was elite, it took Nashville to the cup final years ago, where they ultimately lost to the hated bleeping Pittsburgh Penguins. And God bless the Penguins, obviously. It's a talented freaking talented frickin team and an amazing organization. Organization. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> still, <laughs> the way they would just roll through teams in the in the final and all that. They're basically the Blackhawks of the East, and I'll keep saying that until I'm blue in the face. They were the Chicago Blackhawks of the East of that era. Uh, Matt Duchesne has uh, had a solid season, but certainly not a breakout type of year. He's not been spectacular, just very good for the Nashville Predators. Philip Forsberg, 42 points on the season, but Yossi is the guy. He is absolutely the man for the Nashville Predators, of course. Uh, obviously, no more P.K. Supan, no, no more of that, no more Ryan Studer, no more... Shea Weber, I mean, defense has been unbelievable. Defenseman, I mean, P.K. Stepan is more of an offensive player, obviously. Obviously. But again, still a big-name defenseman. A big-name defenseman. They have always had guys that could play, and that Eckholm is so good. Uh, he is just so good, Matthias Eckholm. Um, I mean, the Nashville Predators, boy, the, the Nashville defenseman. That's basically what it's been for them for forever, basically. Uh, I'm impressed with how they've developed defensemen over the years. They have just been unbelievable at the end of the day, in that category. Nashville does not win the game. The Wild went 4-2 to two over the Nashville Predators. 4-3, to three, a very exciting back-and-forth game. Zach Parisi, uh, I'm not going to go with Parisi in this one. I think uh, 
I think Suter finds the back of the net in this one. Ryan Suter will continue his run. He's at 42 points in the season now. I think he'll get to at minimum 43 here. Probably he'll probably be higher though, like 45 or something by this point. But he will find the back of the net. He will have a multi-point game, a goal and an assist in the wild defeat the Nashville Predators at the end of the day. With that said, it is time to look into the prospects and get to fan interaction, eh? And, as per usual, we will start with the Iowa Wild, who continue to be on an influential run. Sam Honest is leading the AHL in scoring with 63 points, 45 of those assists, 18 goals. Of course, Gerald J. Jerry Mayhew, Jerry Time, is up with the Minnesota Wild right now. 39 goals, though, in the AHL this year to lead all scores, all skaters. Uh, Louis Belpedio managed to get his 19th point last, <laughs> last, last, last couple days here, like two, two days ago. Luke Johnson, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Remember how he had some limited, uh, he had a late start to the season with the Iowa, but he's been flat out awesome. And he replaced Jerry Mayhew basically as the top guy uh, on, on that top line there. And he has just been absolutely spectacular. Uh, he had a hat trick the other night. He's now at 15 goals on the season, 27 points overall. Dmitry Sokolov added two more goals this past week as he continues to be a miniature Alex Ovechkin, or Zach Parisi will say, for the Iowa Wild. 15 goals in the year, 22 points, and only 38 games there. 36 games again for Luke Johnson. Very, very productive in limited time. Brennan Mendel continues to pile up multi-assist games. 43 points in 51 games. He's a plus 12 on the season. Jerry Mayhew led everybody with plus 17. Brennan Mendel second, no, third. Behind Sokolov. Dmitry Sokolov is a plus 13 on the season. I think he's made some adjustments because he's really stepping up. And Connor DeWare, Connor DeWare has really stepped up a bit as well. He's now at 16 points in the season. He's been chipping away uh, at the third line there, basically, for the uh, Iowa He's been chipping away in the bottom six as he continues to get better. He continues to get more and more opportunities. When guys get called up, he gets opportunities. Brendan DeHeim, again, Parkland, Florida native. 20 points on the season, third line type of guy there. Third line left winger for Iowa, who he would be in the bottom six, obviously, with Minnesota someday, hopefully for his sake. 20 points so far on the season. 14 of those assists. William Bitten added his uh, <laughs> added his eighth goal of the year. He's now at 21 overall points on the season. Saw Nico Sturm, 32 points. He just continues to be productive. 20 of those assists. He's had multi-goal games also during the course of the season. 12 goals for Nico Sturm. For the future, he's another Miko Koivu type for Minnesota, possibly. A lot of people see Jules Eriksson Ek basically assuming that role. So we'll see if that means second or third line for Jules Eriksson Ek. Maybe he will be a second line center at the end of the day, and that could open the door for Nico Sturm to at least be a third line rather than just fourth line all the time. Because I think he's got some talent. I think everybody can see it. Anybody that watches hockey and watches Nico, Nico Sturm knows that he can play. Uh, obviously, and he's 24 years old already, so you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of waiting time for him. Hopefully he's on the Minnesota roster next season. I Hope to God he has a nice, strong training camp and all that. And uh, Mason Shaw has been a nice uh, <laughs> been a nice reclamation project for a guy coming back from his third ACL injury. He had multi-points this week. Awesome. He's now at six points on the year. Three goals, three assists. He had a very good game the other night when Luke Johnson had that hat-trick. Multiple assists and a goal. Mason Shaw doubling his point total. Now at six on the season in only 12 games, but he's getting regular ice time now, and he's still only 20 years old. Stay healthy, Mason. Please stay healthy. God bless you, Mason Shaw, because he's got some skill. He's a little guy, but if he can bleep and stay healthy, whew, he's got some talent. He's got some serious scoring talent. Um, it's just the doggone injuries are what prevented him from being a higher pick. Came out of the medicine hat, the juniors there. 
<clears throat> in the past uh, from Wainwright, Alberta. Interesting. <laughs> he's he's had some runs though, man. He had some awesome runs. Oh man. Jack Sadik is at 29 points. Love what he's been doing in the ECHL. Nick Boca has been out forever, and that's disappointing to say the least. We'll look around at the juniors and such. Ivan Lodnia, I don't know what to do with this guy. He's, oh, man, <laughs> he's always hurt. 54 points in 35 games for Niagara. The guy's always hurt. Ah, oh, damn it, Ivan Lodnia. You're so talented, but you're always freaking hurt. Bryce Misley, up to eight points now. Didn't score last week, but he had a multi-point game. Ah, the week before, eight points on the season for Bryce Misley. Now I'm in college. I was supposed to be in juniors. I'll go to college. I usually wrap up with college. I apologize for that. Nestorenko, Nikita Nestorenko, who I am very happy to cover um, on MNW Prospects. Absolutely love being a part of that page with Pablo Bennett, Justin Back, Brandon Quast. You guys are awesome. <clears throat> Gone Puck Wild. Brandon Quast works with Gone Puck Wild. Ah, love it. Love, love what you guys do. That's a blog and all that. Interesting stuff going on there, but an awesome, awesome place. Of course, we'll get to crease and assist here as we head into fan interaction as well with Tarek Felscott. What a great guy he is. Uh, but no, very, very proud to be part of MNW Prospects. It's a nice, fun <laughs> website. The popularity of that is growing immensely because, again, keeping up with the prospects is fun. Minnesota Wild fans, it gives us hope. Maybe Nikita Nesterengo can be on the roster. And what's more fun than following a guy way before he gets with your team? All the way from juniors to the, the minor league to the to the NHL, you know, to the AHL to the NHL. It's fun, man. It's fun to be able to keep up with a guy from way at the beginning. When they're 18 years old, like you just got him. He's a draft pick. Last summer, Nikita Nesterenko. Of course, Chiliwack Chiefs, he's at a point a game for them in the BCHL. Chiliwack Chiefs, again, West Coast there, British Columbia Hockey League. 56 games, 56 points, 20 of them goals. For some reason, they don't record the plus-minus over there. I don't know what's going on with that. It's kind of strange. And if they do, I'm not seeing it. It's pretty weird. Adam Beckman is just, you know, he's obviously spectacular. 98 points on the season, 44 goals. He's the Jerry Mayhew of the WHL. In fact, he might even be better. I mean, 98 points. We'll see. 40 points. Plus 40 is what I'm trying to say for the Spokane Chiefs. Another Chiefs. Boy, we like the Chiefs around here. Maybe they'll win the Cup. Both of them, just like the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, won the Super Bowl. WHL, in this case, Spokane Chiefs, Western Hockey League. Remember Connor DeWeer, I was comparing all that, the productivity. DeWeer, though, not as good as Adam Beckman. No, not as good in the WHL as Adam Beckman, but interesting how back-to-back -back years in the third round, you took pretty awesome players in that third round. Uh, we had three third-round picks after Chuck Fletcher made multiple trades earlier in the season before uh, Paul Fenton took over in 2018. That's why you have three third-round picks in 2018. Uh, Jack McBain, who's been adequate. We'll get to him in a second. Kolonov, Hovanov, pardon me, Alexander Hovanov, who's just been awesome for the for my Moncton Wildcats. Moncton Wildcats, QMJHL, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Because I cover the BCHL and the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League for MNW prospects. So I feel like they're my property in a way, in a fun way. Not in a, like, there's mine, stay away. Yeah, I get to cover him only. Get away from him. No, it's not like that. Uh, but no, you go from uh, Nikita Nesterenko with a point a game to Hovanov, who's got two points a game. And he's a plus 46 on the season. Again, Adam Beckman's just been just been awesome. At first, I thought I was covering him too, but that ended up being, whoops, I wasn't supposed to do WHL, which is fine. Hey, I'm... I'll take what I can get, and um, I love that. I love that I get the QMJHL. I just like staying Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Some awesome, awesome players have come from that junior man. So I am thrilled that I get to be a part of that. Plus forty-six on the year for Hovenov. Hopefully, the Wild's future top-line center. Of course, I'll continue to say skating 
not at the absolute top of the lay uh, of the league, but we'll see. Also met a friend also on. Let's see if I can find it. Messages. Give him a shout out in case he's listening. Wildcast podcast. So again, that's the Mon- Moncton Wildcats podcast. Let me give them a shout out. Nice to meet him. He said, yeah, "Ask me anything you want to know, basically about uh, about Hovey." So thank you, thank you. And uh, not sure I know the name. It's just the podcast in general. Not sure I know the guy's name at this point. But uh, really cool. Nice to meet you there. If you happen to be listening, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But uh, that was cool. Very cool. Uh, lots of shout-outs on this show. Uh, Damien Giroux has been picking it up in a big way. The OHL, the Ontario Hockey League, he's been strong. You've had some OHL players, of course. Again, that would be uh, Ivan Lodnia, guys like that. Mason Shaw used to be there. Or was he? No, he was Medicine Hat. That was the WHL. Excuse me, Medicine Hat Tigers of the WHL. Yep, Adam Beckman. So, Sean Boudrias, again, a big guy, again, who's way under the radar, like I continue to say, but he is... Well over a point a game. He's a plus 38. He's extremely productive, physical, strong guy who could, again, make things interesting someday for Jordan Greenway if his production doesn't pick up. Six foot five, 20 years of age, Son Brudrius, who's been playing very strong for the Screaming Eagles, as they call him, or Cape Breton. I guess now it's just Eagles or Screaming Eagles, or maybe it's just a, they just go with Eagles because it's too long. I don't know. Philip Lindbergh has been very strong as we'll gradually move into college here. Again, always less than two goals a game the last two years doesn't get a ton of action for UMass. He's kind of a platoon goalie, you could say. He's been very strong. He doesn't get, like, you know, he doesn't get major minutes. He's like half and half with the other guy, but he's been great. Uh, seventh round picks for Minnesota have been awesome. Of course, going back to, you know, Jack Seedick's been solid. Shizen hasn't done a whole lot. He came from the WHL as well. Not sure what's going on there. Looks like he's at the University of Alberta right now. And his numbers have not been that good. I don't know what's going on with that guy. That was in 2016. So it's not that long ago. Sweeney's at 25 points now. He has just been beautiful. He's now at a career high. Tied with last season. 11 goals, 14 assists for University of Minnesota Duluth. Will he go pro after his junior year? Is it is this it? Maybe Nick Sweeney coming to the AHL next season. Jacob Golden, that's another junior guy that i got to mention because he has been stepping up. Remember how it just seemed like he didn't add a whole lot of points. He was always kind of quiet. He wound up with 14 points when he first got I remember he was stuck at like 0 points, 2 points, 3 points, and all of a sudden points started to come. Now he's at 20, 24 points on the season for the Erie Otters, 21 assists overall. Erie Otters haven't been good for a while, and that's why he's got a minus 3 next to his name, but uh, his productivity's been increasing, and he's only 20 years old, so we'll see what happens with Jacob Golden. We need a little help there at that left defense possibly someday. As guys get old and move on or whatever, get traded away. Jack McBain, Boston College, 18 points on the season, plus three, 30 games, six goals. Not a huge score. Probably a third line, fourth line guy if he ever gets to the NHL. We'll see what happens. But productivity just hasn't been all that spectacular for him. And it's just kind of a wait and see type of thing, unfortunately. Matt Boldy continues to be extremely productive after a very slow start to the season, playing in the bottom six. He's been in the top six. He's only a freshman, don't forget, 18 years of age. And he's six foot two, which is good. Another left wing, but hopefully one that's got a legitimate future in the NHL. He's a plus 11 on the year, 21 points, seven of them goals in the 30 games he's played as college is getting closer and closer to wrapping up. Ladislav first off, finally added another point after he was at 22 for a while for the U of Connecticut. Again, only 18 years of old and a freshman, plus 13 for the University of Connecticut, 12th assist on the year, 23 total points. 
Hunter Jones, again, jumping back to juniors, I apologize. His numbers haven't been great, but he, he gets peppered quite a bit. Uh, his goals against average isn't great, but his save percentage is pretty good considering. So you look at that, and 28 and 14 is very solid. Goals against average dropping a bit, which is nice at the end of the day. I think that should about cover most of the main guys. Sam Henches has been in and out of the lineup. He's at 23 points on the season. He's been banged up this year, which is really unfortunate. Nick Swain, he's gotten banged up. And, of course, Evan Lanya has had shoulder problems off and on, unfortunately. Um, boy. Uh, and St. Cloud's not as good as last year. But uh, uh, Sam Henches has definitely been more on the playmaking category, which is okay, I guess. But you want goal scorers as well. He was a goal scorer last year, kind of more even this year, 16 assists, but a career high so far as a sophomore for St. Cloud State. We'll see what happens with him. I think he might go back one more year, is my guess. Kabrizov, we all know what he can do, and we're just going to keep waiting. So <laughs> I don't even want to go to it. Kakanen, I should mention him too, as I continue to back, go back and forth with player after player after player, and I apologize. Uh, six shutouts on the year. He added that this year. Six shutout this past week. 2.14 goals against average, basically owning the AHL, which tells you he's... He deserves a, a crack at some significant minutes in the NHL in the, between the pipes. But we'll see what happens. Uh, he'll probably very much get that opportunity next season one way or another with Minnesota. I got to think. Uh, we'll see what happens with Dubnik in the offseason. Because I think it's I think it's time that there was a changing of the guard with so many players with Minnesota. If it's Parisi, obviously Koivu not being brought back. Blah, 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 blah. So Stahl hopefully moved on as well. We'll see what happens at that. So let's get to fan interaction before it gets too late. There's going to be a lot of questions from what I hear. going to be interesting. I got to this, got to that. I had the retweets there, and now I lost everything. So I apologize. I know that uh, Vince Germano retweeted it, and I appreciate that very much. I had everything there, and when I clicked on something, it moved things around. So I apologize for that. I had it up, again, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is the Twitter account, if humanly possible. Derek Felska was saying, don't miss the Brave the Wild latest podcast discussing the state of the team as it gets closer to the NHL trade deadline. He talks about upcoming games, prospect news, and answers questions from Minnesota Wild fans if you would like to join the fun. Yep. Tell your questions at hashtag BTWMN. And then again, continue to do that, those of you that have. Vince Germano and Tom Hayen both retweeted the most recent show. Can't thank you enough for that. And I do believe... I remember I had it up and I lost it. It was up before. Justin Back also shared the podcast on Twitter here. I had it up and <laughs> I apologize for this. Because I finally found it. Justin Back was basically saying, yep, thank you very much. He says, a great podcast and even better people hosting. And I can't thank you enough for that. He did the hashtag BTWMN. Cool. Thank you for that. So let's get to that hashtag, BTWMN. That's all you got to do. I hear there's a bit there, so let's get to work, if humanly possible, as it gradually loads. Ty Sandstrom says, do the Wild buy out Rask and, or, or Dubnik at the end of the season? I do hear it is going to be uh, Rask. I, I do hear Rask will be bought out. I think Dubnik should be bought out or traded in the offseason too, but sounds some people are saying no. Some people are saying Dubnik will be back. I uh, I think, uh, I don't know, do you really want to go back next year with the two, same two goalies? That's where I'm kind of concerned, and a lot of people, I'm sure, tie there would, would say the same thing that I'm thinking, uh, that probably Kakanen should at least, 
at least be the backup goalie next year behind a uh, Stalock or something. And maybe get uh, significant minutes between the two, like like 60-30. No, no, no. More like at least 55-35. 65-35, that type of thing. But I'd probably even go with, yeah, 60-40 in uh, percentage. I don't know why my math is all messed up. But 60-40, 55-45 between the two is what I'm trying to say when it comes to Kakinen and Stalock next year, especially if Stalock isn't all that great. Dave Johnson says, can you please explain to me why <laughs> Kultenyuk wasn't traded at the deadline for whatever the highest bid might have been? He cannot possibly be part of Garen's long-term plans, and I can't imagine his rights will be more valuable to trade this summer. Yeah, I, I feel you there. There must not have been a whole lot. Maybe just Garen did not like what he was hearing, and he sees Galchenyuk as a guy that can uh, be a part of the team. He's been fairly productive, but, I mean, I understand. I understand the frustration, Dave, but I do think that must be what it is. It, it, it does feel like a tug of war right now with this team. Like, are we going for the playoffs? Or are we going for the rebuild? It's like playoffs, rebuild, playoffs, rebuild, playoffs, rebuild. So that's where the frustration is definitely mounting a bit uh, with some of us, and we're confused a little bit it's kind of like both, I guess. The Aubers must not have been all that exciting. That must be what it is. And he sees, okay, we might as well just keep him then. Uh, at the end of the day, Tom Hayen says, with two picks in the first round of a deep draft, tuxedos are making the tournament this year. <laughs> How much pressure is on the organization's scouting staff to not F up, to, to not F this up? Oh, a lot. Because you want to continue to, I got to follow this, Russo's slacks. Apparently that's a really funny one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, all that time, I didn't follow that. So, anyhow, I apologize. I'm distracting myself here. I'd say the pressure's high. Uh, at least the coverage are more full than they were, because Fenton's last two drafts were pretty good, by all accounts. Certainly not everybody, though. Both of the Johansson defensemen aren't that exciting. McBain isn't that spectacular yet, I don't think. So, I mean, sure, the pressure's high. Um, the pressure is high. And we don't really know how high our own pick is going to be at this stage, but... Boy, we need it. Boy, do we need to make the right picks. Uh, of course the pressure's high. Yeah, absolutely. Dave Johnson says, how many players on the current wild roster do you expect to see on opening night? And who would you predict to not be on it? Koivu will not be on it. I'm If, they, if they're sticking to what I think they're thinking, where we got to kind of turn things over, I think Dubnik will not. I hope Dubnik is not. But a lot of people are saying, oh, we're going to. We, I got to think he's going to come back because they almost have to. I think Dubnik is not on the roster. I think Garen figures out something there. If it's a buyout or a trade or something, whatever it is with Dubnik, I think he's not. Um, there's a strong possibility Dumba gets traded, but maybe it's less than 50%. It's a possibility. Ah, Parisi. There is a legitimate possibility Parisi's gone, because if we were that close to making a trade, I think there's a chance Parisi's gone. Uh, Rask will not be back. Stall, I'm thinking there's a good chance he won't be back. We'll see what happens there. But uh, who did I say so far? Basically, yeah, Rask. Uh, Galchenyuk probably will not be back. Probably not. Um, so it's going to be a significant group of players that won't be back. I got to think. I wish Zuccarillo, <laughs> God bless him, he's like a cool guy. He's not, the contract's a bleeping mistake. Horrible mistake. Horrible. Horrible mistake. Um Pattern. I think Pattern's not back. Cause there's just nothing there. I, I think Pattern is bought out or something. Maybe not bought out. 
I don't know what you're going to do with Pattern. Maybe he's just a scratch next year. We, we may actually be stuck with him because buying him out might not even be worth it. If you're going to be stuck with that, like, hanging over us for a little while, an extra year or so, you split the contract in half, and then the cap hits, sits on your uh, books the, the year after. Not the full contract, but half of it. You know, because it'd be half this year, half the next year, that type of thing, when you do a buyout. But I don't think they want Pattern here, but I, I, I don't know at the end of the day. Um, so... I do predict, uh, again, Dubnik possibly not being back. And Dumba possibly, Parisi, good chance. Stahl and Koivu very likely will be moved on. But uh, that's kind of where I'm leaning now. Koivu very almost certainly is going to retire at the end of the day. But most of the defense in the way back, I believe. Obviously, Sealer's already gone. Chris says, between Parisi and Suter, who would you rather have seen? Let me see really quick. Okay, sorry. Between Parisi and Suter, who would you rather have seen have seen uh, Suter wave his no-move clause versus Parisi? I keep coming back to who is the toxin in the locker room question and think it's Suter, which is why I wish he would have stepped up. Not that a deal would have happened, but yeah, I, I see what you mean. Not that a deal would have happened. I think it would have been tough, too. Uh, Suter's valuable. He's a valuable player, and when he was hurt a couple years ago, it was really bad. It was painful for this team, but... Yeah, I, I think there is some talks in there. It sounds like he's been better this year, but it's just, it's always kind of, there's always kind of like a, you know, residual effect from it. It's just like it's never gone until it's gone, that type of thing. Same with Parisi, because I think there is some talks in there too. A lot of people would agree there is a little bit of talks in there. But uh, it sounds like Suter is here, period. Like he's he's got the no-move clause and he doesn't want to go, basically. Where Parisi is more willing. That's the thing. He's more willing to go back to the East Coast. He was there already with the Devils. And maybe he'll wind up with the Islanders, his old general manager, at the end of the day. So that's where I'm just kind of leaning towards there. Gareth Belska was, again, uh, encouraging people to come and ask questions, which I appreciate. And now he asks his own. Derek Felska, the crease and assist blog. Do look that up, as it'll pop up for sure. Uh, just ba- basically Google it, and you'll find it. It is uh, absolutely awesome. You'll find it right away, and you'll hear from uh, Derek Felska and that great hockey knowledge. And again, also Gone Puck Wild with Brandon Quast as well. Uh, Derek Felska says, What three NHL teams do you, did you feel made the best moves at the trade deadline, and which three teams made the worst moves? Ooh. Uh, I don't have all the trades in front of me. I'm going to admit that. But I think Vegas getting the getting Reiner was was a good one. I think that was a potentially really good move. I mean, any team that's playing as well as they are right now and potentially winning that Pacific Division, and they add a goaltender to help out. Because, you know, Fleury is so hot and cold. When, when he's hot, he's so good. And uh, Malcolm Supan, God bless him, but he's so mediocre. He's so mediocre. You know, he's like a, he's like a worse version of Staylock in a lot of ways. He's very mediocre. Um, Reiner could really help that team maybe be the last piece, possibly, or at least get them back to the final again. Uh, I think Vegas did the best moves. The Wild made a really nice move with, uh, you know, the Zucker potentially. Of course, we're still waiting to see how Addison truly turns out. He's at 44 points. No, 48 points on the season. He's been very productive, of course, so far for the Hurricanes and the WHL. Very, very productive player, but again, it's the WHL. It's a long ways away. Um, so I'm going to kind of sit on that one. Worst moves. The Blackhawks didn't necessarily make a bad move, but they are basically announcing the season's over by trading away the, uh, the goaltender there. Uh, Wayne Simmons. Acquiring Wayne Simmons was at Buffalo. That was kind of lame. 
So I guess that was like a weaker move. What's the point? It's no disrespect. It's just, what's the point? Is he really going to make you better? Not really. So I'm going to kind of lean that one, uh, lean that way. Uh, Derek Felsk again says, should Wild head coach Nevison have taken a timeout when the game went to 4-3 th- to three in the third period against the Blue Jackets? Or is he really lucky Kevin Fiala bailed him out to explain why he didn't take a timeout? I'd say he was pretty lucky, yes. But hey, well, that's what happens when you have talented players, you know, and that's the good part. We're blessed to have Kevin Fiala on the roster. So I, I would say it was more on the lucky side at the end of the day. Probably would have been better. I mean, <laughs> when it's time to take a timeout, it really is. And that was yeah, the, the case there. Uh, Derek, again, encouraging people to ask them questions and uh, saying, don't miss the show. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for that. Dave Johnson says, how stupid will Garen be if he doesn't take advantage of these crazy packages merely good good players are getting back from their former teams? Yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, I think I asked that one last week. Yeah, but yeah, that, that was last week. I answered that one last week, so that was last week's show. Do you think the Wild will re-sign Alex Galchenyuk? Yeah, you're, you're testing me to see if I'm pronouncing it right, aren't you? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just teasing. This summer, and if so, what do you think a reasonable price a term would be? Probably ooh, eh, three or four million a year, which I don't know if he would be willing to do that. Uh, but maybe um, three or four million. I'm probably going way too low. But at the same time, the left side is so busy. Unless we're willing to, unless we're able to move Parisi, something like that. Uh, the left side is so busy still because again, Kabrizov's coming. He will be penciled in on the left side, top top six most likely next season. Please, coverage have come to Minnesota, and odds are he's going to. Uh, so, I'm, I think the odds are against it that they bring him back. But I mean, he's been pretty productive, though. Even though he was he was very ghost-like at the beginning, but oftentimes when a new guy comes to a team, it's not always uh, it's not always up to a spectacular start. He's been kind of good. So I just hope we don't get too excited and sign up for like five five and a half million or something crazy. So you basically got another uh, you know Zucker contract. It's going to be like four or something. Or less, and it would be like I'm thinking they're not going to bring him though, bring him back. Uh, he's young enough, so it's not like he's garbage, or it's not like he's already old, so he's like he wouldn't fit at all. But uh, we'll see. Thank you again, Justin Back and Derek Felska for uh, retweeting the show or sharing the show. That was awesome, you guys. Tom Hohen also retweets uh, Derek Felska there, so thank you for that. Here we go, Tom Tom Hayen. I said Hohen. Tom Hayen says. Break in the action. Had to get Emma to, to school. Go Red Knights. Assuming the player isn't on the roster, what center should the organization target to play between Fiala and Kaprizov next year? Would be nice if it was Hovanov. Would be nice if it was uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but uh, right now, free agency is a little ways away, so I'm not, I'm not going to jump too quick into that at the, at the, at the moment, but uh, it'd be interesting. Uh, it's an interesting thought process. Uh, it, it's it's really tough to say because Stahl obviously is too slow. Uh, maybe Cunning, you know, and maybe Cunning actually. Cunning actually, I think could could do it. I think Cunning, yep. And Cunning can play center in this league, and he's actually pretty good at it. I think actually Cunning. If you're thinking of a guy on the roster at the moment, uh, Cunning. Otherwise, free agency is really a tough go. It's hard to say which direction the Wild are going to are going to head, and guys are expensive, and the cap is this, and the cap is that. But at least the Wild have some freedom compared to the past. So it will obviously Zucker's contract off the books, you know, because Galchenyuk is probably not going to be uh, 
with Minnesota unless it's significantly cheaper, which again tells me Galchenyuk's probably not going to be back unless he's unbelievable the rest of the season. I wish it could be Galchenyuk because he's got speed. I wish it could be. I really do. So we'll continue. Uh, what 30-somethings UFA forward is out there? The Wild can sign to a five-year deal this summer, complete with full non-move clause. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, let's let's just uh, let's just extend Parisi and Suter at the end of the day. That that, that might be the best way to go. Let's just extend Parisi, <laughs> or go after. Uh, let's go after uh, David Backus. Yeah, there there you go, David Backus. I think that'd be a good one. David Backus, five years, no move clause. You know, uh, well, well, we're going to go cheap on this because he gets hurt a lot. So $4 million a year, but no move clause for uh, <laughs> David Backus. There you go. That's, uh, we got to like that idea. I got to think. I got to admit, a guy who's going to be an unrestricted free agent in the summer, I wouldn't mind bringing back uh, Eric Halla because he's fast. Joe Thornton. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm looking actually, believe it or not, I was able to pull this up as basically as on the fly here. It's amazing to look at all the names. I mean, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, he's going to make more than $6 million. That's what he got last time around. He's an unrestricted free agent. I'd love to have him, but the Wild aren't going to get him. Uh, he's having a pretty damn good year. It's funny how Mikhail Gronland, as we like to call him, as his real last name is, yeah, he's considered a center, but he's not kind of type of thing. Martin Hansel has not even considered that in a million years. It's hilarious to look at all these names. They're like Minnesota ties, right? Nugent Hopkins, except for him. Otherwise, Mikhail Gronland or Gronland. Miko Kuevu, Galchenyuk, uh, Martin Hensel. <laughs> you just go on. That is just funny. Eric Hollis further down. Sam Gagne basically vanished out of the face of the earth. He's a bottom six anyway. Thornton's 100 years old. So center, it's pretty thin in the free agents market. I think it's we're going to look at some kind of a trade or, of course, again, draft picks emerging. So when you really, so if we want to talk about centers, it's going to have to go that direction, uh, Tom, at the end of the day. That's where I'm leaning towards of that. Uh, I just wanted to jump into that real quick. I apologize because I, I, I hate saying I'm not getting into that right now. So I feel, always feel bad, even though I didn't even mean it that way. I think there's some more, right? Probably. No, maybe that is it for now, which is totally fun. Jay Bushy, he says, what does Ryan Donato have to do to get into the top six? The scoring justifies it. It it does. Uh, I don't know. It, it, the size matters, this and that, of course. But then again, Third line, usually you're thinking a bigger guy. Yeah, he's been riding on the fourth line most of the time, hasn't he? But at least it's a talented fourth line. You know what it's going to have to take? Probably a guy getting traded, Parisi getting traded, would have really helped for Ryan Donato. That's part of the problem. Uh, unfortunately, I think that's how it is. It's We didn't, you know, there's just bigger name guys in the way right now. And moving Parisi down to the third line, I don't know, he is leading you in scoring. So there is that. I think Donato can do it too. Boy, it, it's a tough go there. I, I feel bad for him, too. I think, well, I guess that is it for now. I think that is it for now. I thought there was a couple more, but that's okay. Either way, either way, no, lots of good questions, and I can't thank you guys enough for uh, adding this to the show. It's it's awesome. It, it always helps. If I missed you, I deeply apologize, because I swear, yeah, I swear there must have been, there might have been more, but I'm not seeing them at this moment for some reason, if they didn't load, or I, I guess they did, because some of them go back now, like, to, like, weeks in the past, so that should be everything. Okay, so I apologize if I did miss anybody's questions, just in case, in advance, here we go, nope, that was a while ago, yeah, that would be everybody for now, so again, can't thank you guys enough for, uh, for doing that, 
It means a lot. Keep the questions coming. Keep them coming, those of you that have been doing it. I can't thank you enough. It adds to the show. It makes, uh, it just, it adds improvement to it. Can't thank Derek Felska for bringing that idea to the show. Very much helps. Crease and assist. Crease and assist. And of course, hashtag BTWMN for your questions on Twitter. At Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild. Twitter is ruling for Brave the Wild when it comes to fan interaction. Can't thank you guys enough for that. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota. Facebook.com forward slash MNW Prospects. MNW Prospects again with <laughs> Pablo Bennett, Justin Back, Brandon Quast. Gotta love you guys again. Thank you again for having me on that page. And Minnesota Wild Global, started by Scott Cavendish. And then you have Chad Walski, David Kostek, Chance Kostek. Can't thank you guys enough for <laughs> being great friends and, of course, family members in David and Chance Kostek as well with my brother's side there. Uh, can't thank you guys enough always for uh, this beautiful Minnesota Wild hockey community. Can't thank you enough. It's so much fun getting into junior conversation, college, pro, AHL, ECHL. Could go on all day. KHL. This and that. Hovanov again. We'll see what happens with his future coming to Minnesota. Hopefully next season. It's very exciting. And the future is just about now. It just about is. So we're just going to have to be patient the next couple months here. And Galchenyuk, if he gives enough of a good impression, we'll see. Boy, it was cloudy when I started this show. And it's nice and blue sky, sunny now. Pretty cool when that happens. Watching the clouds kind of break up. <laughs> it was kind of fun. So hopefully that's basically how the uh, off-season goes with Minnesota. It starts cloudy, and then things clear up, and it's a beautiful, beautiful day for the Minnesota Wild as the, uh, nice young new players take over. Kaprizov, Hovanov, whoever. You know, we'll see what happens. Jerry Mayhew. <laughs> no, Jerry time. <laughs> no, I mean, we'll see. Ryan Donato moves up into the top six. I don't know. I, I don't know if he's really a legitimate full-time top six guy in the NHL, but... It's there. The talent's there. But uh, we'll see. We'll have to wait and see on that one. It's kind of a toughie. With that said, again, try to do the voice. Uh, it'd be nice to hear, like, a, a, a phone call as well, even though there's enough questions now, which is good, that there's enough people asking questions, and I hope you guys keep doing it. Absolutely hope you keep doing it, because it would be a crying shame if it all dried up on me. That would be sad at the end of the day. Um, I really hope I didn't miss like like some questions. I got a feeling I did. I got a strange feeling I did. But uh, with that said, there's the voice, uh, the the, uh, the voice, the the audio submission route. You could use a free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet. Simply open it, click record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, save it, and email me to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an MP3 file. Thanks to zamzar.com who's nice enough to give me a free service in order to uh, have your call on the in the uh, editing software. With that said, <laughs> please, out there, those of you that listen to the show and want to help a little bit, again, keep asking questions, of course, but also give a positive review if you can. If you happen to use Apple Podcasts, if you could do a positive review on there or any other podcast application, if they take, uh, if they have you do individual reviews for the shows, but I know Apple does for sure. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever. If you can do a positive review for the show, say what you like about the show, maybe what you'd like to see improved, I'd greatly appreciate it. I'd give you a shout-out and thank you on the air. Uh, this and that. And can't thank you enough. It only helps the show. It makes it more attractive to new listeners. And share the show on Twitter, this and that. Pass it on to your friends. And those of you that have been doing that, God bless you. Thank you. Justin Back, Derek Felska, Vinrock, Vince Germano out of Australia. Thank you guys so much. Until next week, hopefully the Wild continue their stellar play and the prospects continue to uh, get closer and closer to NHL hockey.